All right. Good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here, Taste Like Nutrition. This is Taste Like Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Um, today we have the amazing Scott Friedman. Uh, is gonna, gonna, we had a conversation back a few months ago, um, and I'm really excited to have him join us and to share all of his wisdom because he has a lot to share. And I, I really appreciate you joining us, Scott. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully I have enough wisdom that people find valuable. <laughs> you know, I think any wisdom is valuable. Um, you know, if we hit one person, that's what matters, right? It's, it's important stuff. So, cool. Oh, I need to turn my music down. All right. Very good. So, um, as always, we start the show with gratitude because I believe that gratitude can change the world. Um, it's important to wake up in gratitude, I try to. I don't. I don't always. Sometimes I forget, but I, t- I tend to try to wake up with my my little time. First thing I think of is is sort of my thanking God for you know the things. So I'm waking up in those first few moments, just being grateful, and then you know in my prayers, same thing. So, Scott, what are you grateful for? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. This one's easy. Uh, last week I was like I had whatever was going around, some major flu, and I was barely able to get out of bed and now I'm feeling close to 100%. I can talk a lot better so I do apologize if it still comes out the way but I am very grateful for feeling better because for the first like four or five days I was like this is never going to end. So I am I am grateful that I'm feeling my body is rebounded and I am feeling better. So Good. Yeah. You know it's tough to be sick. It's tough to I mean it happens no matter how healthy we are right. Sometimes it's just going to it's just going to hit us and it's the way that it goes. So glad you're feeling better. I know it's no fun. Um, knock on wood, I've not had anything yet this season, but I'm sure my time will come. Um, so I'll be grateful for that. But I think that, you know, this morning I was thinking about, you know, what I'm grateful for. Uh, and, you know, it's fun because I'm a little bit of a nerd. Like I said this last week where I, this is my favorite time of year. I'm a summer girl. I love the heat. But Christmas, I just love Christmas. I love everything Christmas is about. And so I got it. Well, that's not totally true. I love what Christmas is originally about. <laughs> let's take away the commercial aspect of it, but you know, let's. I'm you know grateful for our Savior, um, you know. But it was fun getting into the car, I had my Christmas music going, and it just makes me happy. Just is a really happy time of year. Uh, so I think that I'm silly enough, kind of. I'm grateful for Christmas music. Good, you know, yeah. Not old Christmas music, but real Christmas music. You know, the Jingle Bells is fine, and it's fun and happy, but the the reason for the season, essentially, right? And so um, I just love good, happy Christmas music. So that's what I'm grateful for today. I'll be, I'll be, it just makes me smile. So let's do this. Um, let's jump in, Scott. I think that the way we typically like to start the show is... Just talking about you, you know, you are what you're doing, what you're doing for a reason, which is, you know, why we're all here, right? You know, there's things that happen in our lives that bring us to where we are today, uh, which is, you know, it, it is, it's, it's great. It can be hard, you know, when we're going through whatever it is, but we we're here. Sorry, I'm not saying this very well. The people who I like to bring on the show are the people who have a story and there's a reason. They're givers, they're lovers, they are here in service, and that's my whole point. And so I, we like to know how you got to this place, and then we'll jump in with just having some good old fun conversation. Sounds good. No, I thought you explained it very well. So <laughs> I, how I got, I'll give you the cliff notes because there's a lot to there. I'm not sure which ones you kind of want to hit, but really it's... Uh, you know, I've been a personal trainer for a decade now, and I, I started off in uh, actually physical therapy. So physical therapy was the route I went in college originally, and I realized fairly quickly that I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day, and I didn't want to handle rehabilitation. I wanted to handle prevention. That was a big thing. I wanted to help people lose weight, which is uh, 80% of what people want to do is lose weight right now, considering, you know, if I, I think it's 42% of the country is obese, 72% is overweight, uh, so there's there's a lot there. But I want to help people achieve their goals because it was actually very easy for me to do, and I wanted to share my knowledge uh, with other people. So that's kind of how it started. And I very quickly learned that the fitness industry is do, not great. <laughs> uh, it's not great. <laughs> 
and, and, and this is as a personal trainer, like someone who still trains around and does all that stuff. And I still work for a company that does personal training. So I'm not against personal training, but I think the industry itself has some issues. Not the, the biggest issue I see, or I saw at least, was it's, it's so commercialized, right? Everything is very much uh, sell, 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 sell. When I got out of college, it was sell personal training, sell personal training. And I'm sitting here like, well, I didn't take a, I don't have a sales background. I didn't do, I, I did this to get into helping people by losing, you know, to whatever their goal is. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be selling because the whole purpose of this is to actually help people. And if I have a hundred clients at one time, I cannot help all 100 because it's 30 minute slots and you're going back to back to back to back or you can't make any money and you can't survive. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be a happy medium. Luckily, I was in a situation where I didn't have to do that. But I found, I realized, okay, I, I can help people. This is great. I have this awesome knowledge base. I'm pretty good at what I do. I've helped a lot of people. They, I always get good feedback. But something's missing. Why is it that half the people I train just, they get it. Mm -hmm. They understand what they have to do. They, 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 they listen to me. They, they know they have to cut back on X, Y, Z. They do it, and they just need the guidance, and they're, they're pushing forward. But then why does the other half, and this is where it, it really struck me, do they struggle so much? I mean, and maybe it's not 50-50, but you can get the idea. It's, I tell them what to do, they have the exact roadmap of what to do, and they don't do it. I can tell them, hey, I need you to walk for five minutes today. And they, for whatever reason, they did not have five minutes on any given day in the last month to walk. Uh, and they just will, they will fight you every step of the way. And I realized that regular training modalities and regular training mindsets of just work hard, grind through, was not the only way to get someone to achieve their goals. In fact, it's, it's definitely a piece of the puzzle, but you're missing a significant portion of what you need in order to achieve success. So I'm going through this, right? I'm talking to clients, I'm, I'm failing at figuring out what's going on until finally, um, I started to realize that it wasn't the personal training because I can write some of the best plan in the world and the best nutrition program in the world and do all these different things for them and, and they still won't succeed. And the reason for that is internally focused uh, and not externally focused. And so what we're doing with personal training, what we, I was doing was using an external focus to try and solve an internal dilemma that someone was having. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, it became clear that I had to switch my approach. So again, years of studying, going through everything. Um, actually, COVID was a big uh, kind of eye-opener because it's that's when I had a lot more time to really kind of learn and go through things and kind of figure some new stuff out. And basically, I, I figured out that a lot of what ails people is not that they need the best diet, whether it's keto, paleo, Whole30, vegan, whatever. It's not that. It's not that they need the best workout program that has the most muscular stimulation and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger uses this method. It's not that. It's what they need is to discover what is actually holding them back because there is an obstacle in their head right now that they're not even necessarily aware of that's holding them back. And so I started that kind of journey to help people in that perspective. I still help with the fitness nutrition, but that's just a, I would say that's more of an ancillary issue when you're looking at someone's mindset and how they think about themselves, how they think about their goals. And once you can dive into that, you're significantly more likely to obtain success. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and I see this in practice all the time. And it's a big part of where we are, are moving as as a, you know, I, I say the word holistic, you know, it really is becoming truly that word, although it's a little dated at this point, but we're, we're you know, we can't, we can't continue to separate our mind and our body and our spiritual life and our financial life and our, and our traumas and our, our, you know, uh, generational history, right? There are all of these things that play such a huge role in everything that we, we do, including how we approach weight loss or how we approach an illness, you know, and it's one of the things that I've had to learn, you know, I went to school and I'm, I'm a biochemistry nerd, right? I mean, I like labs, I like numbers, I like understanding what the body's trying to tell us through these, the, through these reports. And it just lights me up. I'm like, this is the coolest stuff in the world. So what I had to do though, um, and we hit on this when I was in school, not as much as I've, I've had to do it on my own at this point, and I have great referral partners, but I have to be very cognizant about taking into consideration um, 
the the you know when I do an intake I'm seeing all of these things that people have dealt with within their life because it is you know prior to birth until today all of the things that the life is and the amount of trauma that I see is horrendous it's horrible and so these things you know, I have to keep in my mind when I'm working with people as anybody who's working with people holistically if this is it the trauma that's creating a block is it a generational thing that's creating the block is it what is it that is not allowing us to move forward in you know in whatever it is that we're trying to do right so I deal a lot with GI dysfunction I deal a lot with autoimmune conditions these are the things that I work with and a lot of times just like you said a lot of people respond really really well and then there are those and I'm like what is going on here you know, and so the amazing thing is I have a lot of clinicians who I can consult with and we can bounce things off of each other. But a lot of times it's, there's trauma that's creating, you know, a block. And so anyway, um, it's, it's, it's fascinating how the mind plays such a huge role in, in our physical health and vice versa, right? If we're not feeling well, it's going to affect our mind. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I had that just now. I mean, I, I mean, you know, whatever this just blue thing is going around uh, in Chicago or in the Midwest, like, like it's been twelve days since I was able to. I've been able to work out. I haven't really seen anyone after the first couple of days, and it, it's like, yeah, not not in a not in a terrible, horrible way. There's clearly worse things going on, but it's more like you, you're sitting there, you're like. Man, I don't feel good. It's not physically. I can eat whatever I want to eat. I can get up. I can move. But I am just mentally, like, I am drained. I can watch. I, and then you're sitting there, you're watching TV because there's nothing else to do. And you're like, I feel terrible. Like, mentally, I, just, I need to talk to someone. I need to get out of the house. I need to, and I, I, I feel that right now. I was like, I need to, like, because I'm still <laughs> not trying to be around people because uh, I don't want to get anyone sick. And I'm like, I, I'm getting itchy. I'm in, like, okay, like, how do I feel better? Because yeah. this is not normal for me. And, like, and that plays a huge impact. So my mind is really kind of. Like my body's had a big impact to kind of how my mind's feeling right now. So yeah. I, I totally can see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting it, you know, in, in simple, not that it's good or, or, you know, it sucks to be sick, right? But in simple terms. I do it for the people. Yeah. So, to show <laughs> yeah. everyone. I, I, I got sick on purpose to explain that exactly. Right. <laughs> nice job. Good timing. Yes. I like it. I try. <laughs> so so we entitled this show, you know, Create Lasting Change to Live the Lives We Desire. So what is it that, what, is, what does that mean? What is it that you do? How do you help people to, to change their mindset so they are creating lasting change? So I think the, one of the first things I talk about is we have to get away from this notion of the best diet, the best workout routine, oh, yeah. and focus more on you know, what are the actions we have to take in order to achieve success? So I, I, I break this down into three categories because I think that these are the three umbrella categories that I use and I think they've been very valuable with the clients I've had um, in order to create lasting change. So number one is uh, goal setting. It's annoying, it sucks, I get it, no one wants to hear that. Everyone talks about it from when you're five until you're, you know, 100. It's, but, you know, I use SMART goals. I just think it's the mm -hmm. easiest um, yeah. modality. So, you know, specific, measurable, aligned, realistic, timely, whatever, you know, whatever the word is you use for SMART goals. Mm -hmm. But break it down because most people have a goal that's like, I want to lose weight. Great. That's, that's, that doesn't <laughs> help. I want to feel better. Great. You can't quantify any, like, either one of those things. So I want to make sure when I talk to someone or when you're looking at yourself, like, so if you're looking at yourself, you have a specific goal. Like, what is that specific goal? What is it that you actually want? It's, I want to lose 40 pounds in six months by doing X, Y, and Z, right? And like, that's a specific goal that's very valuable versus a very qualifiable, I wanna feel better, I wanna have less pain. Not qualifiable, because you need metrics of success. So that's part number one, is get very, as specific as you possibly can about the objective that you're trying to achieve, okay? And I think once you do that, uh, it, things can become more clear down the line. So that's the first part. So if I, it's okay if I interrupt you. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So one of the things that helps, I think can help too, is yes, and then visualizing what is it, why do you want it, and what is it that you're gonna be able to do, right? And so 
um, I'm going to be able to go play with my kids without being tired. I'm going to be able to, depending on what you know, where you are and what your goals are, I'm going to be able to go do whatever it is without the knee pain, without you know, looking for the restroom, without uh, you know, whatever the problems are. It's you know, it it's getting a, it's it's the things that are truly impacting life, right? Yeah, yeah, and you hit the second point. The second, so the second key that oh, I use is sorry. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It, it reinforces that like mm -hmm. this this does make sense because a lot yeah. of people use it is um the why what's your reason why so now that you have a specific goal in mind and these these go you know hand in hand so that's why obviously you thought about it why why is it that you actually want to do this and i don't mean three reasons i mean take out a piece of paper or mm -hmm. an excel document or a word doc whatever it is and i want you to write out 25 reasons why i mean as many as you can possibly think of the more the better and the more of a visceral, and I mean like in the innate reaction that you can get from your reasons why, that's what makes it important. So for example, if your reasons why are, I wanna be able to play with my kids when they're you know, 5, 10, 15, 15 years old so I can play sports with them. I wanna have less knee pain so I can walk upstairs. I wanna be able to have shoulder mobility so I can wipe my own butt when I'm older, when I'm 80 years old. I wanna be in a nursing home. Like, there are, there are, the reason does not have to be right now. The reason can be from now until, the, you know, whatever you choose, the end of the reason. But the reason has to be important to you. And by the way, some reasons might sound vain. Your reason could be, I want to be that person on the beach that people look at. And that's fine, as long as it's important to you. Now, reasons why change all the time, but you need to ground your entire support system in an internal reason why you're trying to do this and the, and I get I, I explain why that's important later but that's step number two is ground yourself in reason why write out as many as you possibly can make it visible uh, so put it on your desk put it on the bathroom yeah. mirror put it on your mm -hmm. fridge and make it a point to read it or at least read a couple of them every single day so that's step number two in that process Agreed. yeah no go ahead, keep going I, I just I really agree and, and I try to do that I'm not great with it and I don't um, I don't. I usually just because I'm in my office all the time, so it's always in my office. But I think it's such a great point and great idea to have it in your, you know, where you in your other places, so you see it no matter where you are. You know, I see it in my little dressing room. I see it in the bathroom and in the mirror. I love that. That's that's a great point. And, and I think the reason why it's, that is crucial is because we tend to forget why we're doing on a regular like it's part of our life is to forget what we're doing for example like part of my one of my current goals that i have for myself uh, depending on when this you know, goes out and everything is i want to be able to do a muscle up and i want to be do a, be able to do a freestanding handstand and i i read it i get to the gym i'm excited for it and then i get to the end of the workout i'm like oh, i don't want to do this right now and so i always have a little mm -hmm. like note card with me that i can yeah. feel that reminds me hey mm -hmm. hold on before you got here this was your goal and now that you're tired, you don't feel great, it's been an hour, you wanna go home, oh, now the goal isn't important to you. And it reminds me to keep going. Mm -hmm. So whatever stresses you have in your day, mm -hmm. your stressors in that moment tend to be more important mm -hmm. than your quote unquote long-term goal. So having constant reminders yeah. is extremely valuable because then it reminds you this actually is important to me and I should spend the extra five minutes doing X, Y, and Z or I should do you know, whatever it might be. And on those days where you don't want to do something, it's very valuable. So not only do I say make it visual, I actually recommend, I got this from, um, I'm not sure people would know, but Bob Proctor, who's basically like, uh, he, he's big on, he, not created, but he's one of the big propon like, the proponents of like the law of attraction and mm -hmm. um, the, the seven laws of the universe <laughs> and things like that. His whole thing is carry a note card with your goal on it and put it in your pocket. So every time it, like, you're wavering, you can feel it. You don't have to read it, just feel it. And you know, what, it. you know what it says and you can read it to yourself. In your head, so I think it's a, I'm a big proponent of that because I forget every t 20 minutes I forget to go. Oh, I have mm -hmm. to do that. Oh, I have to do that. And so to think you're going to remember your goal randomly, I just think is unrealistic. So I do whatever I can to help me yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Um, it goes back to you know what you did or what we did. Probably a lot of people did when you were a kid, right? You wrap a string around your finger, and you're always you're like, oh, that's why I wrap the string around my fingers to remind me of whatever it is I'm trying to remind myself of. Um, another thing that I think is a good idea, depending on what your goals are, is put it on your refrigerator door or even in your refrigerator, right? Yeah. Um, I think those can Open be, it every time. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And so you know, I, and so everybody else knows, um, this is going out now. <laughs> We're streaming live. So 
I said it in real life. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, so I think a lot of people don't realize that too, but that's what I love about this is that we stream live. And so we, we hit, you know, 200,000 people and growing and it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so anyway, um, carry on. Yeah, and so the third, the third um, key that I use. The first one's goal setting. Second one is your reason why. And third one is now that we have to get out of the thinking phase, we have to get to the action phase. It's actions. It's what is the next smallest action that you can take that aligns with achieving your goal. For example, okay, and I, and I legitimately mean what's the next smallest action. So if you're someone who let's, let's just use fitness as the main example, um, you want to start working out. And you have your goals, you write everything down, what's the next goal? What's the next thing you can do? So like my action item is, I probably need to get a gym membership, okay? I need to call them, okay? I'm going to call them. Next, I'm going to buy the membership, okay? I'm gonna buy the membership. And then eventually, it's okay, I need to wake up. What time, am I, and you're gonna plan out your times, so you're gonna to go to the gym, what time can I go? Okay, I'm gonna go <laughs> uh, in the morning at 6 a.m., okay? And then it's slowly but surely, taking those small actions. Now, some of you might not start at the very beginning. Some of you are starting at, I've already gone to the gym, I just need more, whatever, start where you're at, and that's totally fine. But you need to create action steps. Do not try, and I, and I really, I, I, and not everyone has the same methodology I have. So some people might say the opposite of me, and that's fine. I think inherently whatever works for you is good. Yep. But I'm a huge proponent of starting off slow and building your way up. Because what I see is that, let's talk about uh, New, New Year's is coming up in the next, what, three weeks? 75% of health-related goals for New Year's are done after the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's like 85 or 90% are done in the first month. Why is that? Part of which is they don't follow the first two steps of setting real, setting real goals and setting up the reasons why. But part of that is also they jump in way too quick. Yeah. I mean, they go from not working out at all to five days a week. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that their body is going to absolutely hate them. It's going to fight them every step of the way. They're gonna be so sore, they can't move <laughs> out of bed. So, and apologies for uh, coughing. It's, you're good. You know, it was, yeah, you're good. Uh, and so, starting off slow. So if you're not working out at all, try one day a week for two weeks. Then go up to two days a week. If you're doing 30 minutes, go to 45 minutes, right? Like there's, there's little things you can do, so take little steps. Is it packing your clothes the night before? Is it warming up your car 15 minutes ahead of time? Is it going at a different time of the day? What is the next step? And you can create an action plan of like what the steps are you have to take, and that's totally fine as well, but take one step at a time and just keep moving forward every single day, and then eventually you're gonna be on, that, on the real path you wanna be on, but you're gonna build all these habits along the way, and that's gonna create discipline, and that's gonna create you to keep going further and further every single time. And that's kind of the three steps that I implement with the people I work with, uh, and I recommend everyone implement if they want in any field that they're trying to get better in, whether it's sure. career, relationship, whatever it might be. I think these are pretty three universal steps that you can use in order to see success and keep it. Because if you just jump in, you're you're just hoping that it works. Mm -hmm. You're just hoping that oh, I hope I'm not stay motivated this whole time. And we all know, or most of us know, that motivation only lasts like two weeks, and that's why yeah. a lot of people also fail at a lot of their goals after two weeks. It's like. I'm not motivated, I don't feel good, I guess this isn't right for me. It's like, well, no, you're not supposed to feel good all the time, you're supposed to build discipline, and you do that by creating small steps along the way over and over and over again. That is the key, it really is the small steps, and that's how I try to work with my clients, is is something that you said, which is, I think, so important, is meeting people where they're at, right? Meeting people at that place and saying, okay, this is this is your tiny baby step, this is your tiny baby step, this is your tiny baby step. One of the things that for me that I've, I've, I realize helps me each week because my schedule is so crazy. And I say this hoping that, you know, sometimes, you know, we talk about how we do things. It helps people say, think outside the box a little bit because that's how I am. I have a hard time seeing outside of what I know. And I need people. It helps me. I mean, it's why we have coaches, right? It's why we have people who know things better than we do is because they help you see outside of what you already know. Um, so we do CrossFit, my husband and I. And um, I cannot scary. do. Scary. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> well. I don't do CrossFit. So. Well, but you're trying to do muscle ups. I mean, that's CrossFit stuff. But more like strict muscle ups. <laughs> like but yes, I've never, I've never done like a yep. kipping pull up. Mm -hmm. So I'm very unfamiliar with the mechanics of it, and that's what I'm struggling with. So yes, yeah. if I, you know, if I did CrossFit, it'd be, this would be no problem for me. 
Yeah, well, so I, I had a PR the other day, which was um, my first pull-up, which I can, I'm Congratulations. strong, but I got a pull-up, and then I got a kipping pull-up three in a row. That was cool. <laughs> pretty good. I mean, that's, that's good pretty good. You. I mean, good for you. So, um, anyway, I, I, I think I'm going to sort of, you know, sidebar off of that just a little bit is, yes, we do CrossFit, but we go to a gym who's very aware about what we can, what we should and shouldn't do about form, about function. It's not, it's all about functional movement. It's not all about just, you know, hitting it hardcore no matter what. So, so not scary here. Yes, you can get hurt, but you can get hurt doing anything. Um, you want to be aware of, of your form, be aware of your movements. That's why we have really great coaches who, if we're not doing something properly, they're going to tell us you got to stop or you got to take the weight down because yeah. it's not, you know, if your form isn't good because your weight's too heavy, that's not doing you any good. Um, but back to my whole point is that at each week, I will look at my calendar because my calendar is crazy all the time. I have clients at all different times, um, and I have I have. Where'd you go? <laughs> there, I was like, I'm not sure if you could see me or they could see no, me. No, yeah, no, they could see you, but I could I could see. It's like what happened? <laughs> so yeah, sometimes that happens. I don't know. Anyway, glad you're back. But thanks for. I saw you point. It's like, what? <laughs> um. So each week I will look at my calendar and say, okay, this is what my calendar looks like. When can I get to the gym? So I'm doing it like on Monday morning. You know, my husband and I get together. Okay, when can we go throughout this week that's going to work for hopefully us together because we like to go together, but at least so we can get in our, our times. And so it might be 6 o'clock in the morning, which is not my husband. He won't do that, and I don't really like to, but, <laughs> but I will. But up to, you know, the 5.30 class, you know, and we just fit it in where we can fit it in, which is also the great thing about being an entrepreneur is, you know, you set your schedule and you fit it in, again, where you fit it in. But just taking that, that little bit of time to plan your week, um, you know, because I'm scheduling things out for weeks at a time. So at the beginning of the week, then I'm like, okay, here's where I'm able to fit it in and make sure that I can fit it in somehow. So anyway, I just want to throw it out there because... You know, I, I think that if we, and I've learned this about myself, if we take it day by day, unless we just have a time that we always go no matter what, but if you just take it day by day, there's always going to be, be the schedule that fills up, the reason not to go, because that's what I do. I'm Like, I'm busy. I have stuff to do. But we have to have our priorities, right? And this body is what takes us through life. And so we have to, we have, to have our priorities. I agree. And, and I, I'd like to make a point of that as well because most people think like trainers are unique in the sense that like oh they're just they just make it happen like they're just they have this genetic thing it's like no 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 like I literally like I wasn't a trainer for you know the first you know 22 years of my life mm -hmm. and then I became one and you know what changes really nothing except my knowledge base of it but I'm the same way so you know I used to work a 6 a.m. to like three, uh, 2 p.m. shift mm -hmm. And then I have to work out after work. Working out after an eight-hour shift or a nine-hour shift or a ten or twelve, whatever it is, is grueling. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that, and I would miss more than I would care to admit. I would be like, you know what? I'm tired today. I did a lot of work. All the rationalizations start going into your head. Whatever the excuse is, and I would work out. And that's because my kryptonite is working out after a full day. Mm -hmm. I am the person, a hundred percent, who needs to work out. Or not maybe not first thing in the morning because I don't like how crowded it is at six in the morning, but close enough to where uh, it's before my day starts, and that's because if I wait, I will find any excuse. Oh, I can't go. The fridge is on. I have to. I have to sit down and watch TV. <laughs> or, like like really, just whatever ridiculous thing you're gonna say. Yeah. I will do that. That's a hundred percent me. I have to go in the morning. If I don't go in the morning, the percentage chance of me going after that decreases by roughly 80%. I will, I, it is yeah. very difficult for me to go after I've already been at work, I've been working all day, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm just, my mental energy is gone. Yeah. And you, you know, willpower, and people think like, oh, I can't do this, I don't have all this willpower. Like willpower is fleeting as well. You, you have a battery every day and your willpower is being used all day long. I like to go work out when my willpower is high mm -hmm. so that I can actually go. But when my willpower is low, just like everyone else, I won't go. 
So it is super important to find the time when you know you're going to go um, so that you can go. Now, obviously, I think part of it is if you have a strong enough reason why, you'll make whatever you have to do work, right? If you only have one time and you know you hate that time, you'll make it work. Now, luckily, I, you know, I have the opportunity to yep. choose, yep. and so that's why it's harder to pick, you know, pick the afternoon versus the morning. But if you don't have the opportunity to choose, that's why your reason why it's so important, because uh, it'll, it'll help you get through that uh, terribleness that you're feeling about going. Because once you go, once you actually start moving towards, take actions towards the goal that you have, whatever the goal is, you're gonna feel better. It's all in your mind. It's all like, I'm dreading going, I don't wanna go, I'm only gonna go for 10 minutes today and then I'm gonna leave, do a quick do a quick one. And then you get there and you're like, well, I guess I'll do one more set. Yeah. I guess I'll do yeah. one more exercise. It's always worse in your head for some reason. It's because mm -hmm. we, we rationalize it, our body doesn't want us to change, all these different reasons. And uh, so I, I will say though, but make it, when you are planning, like you said, plan something you want to do. Mm -hmm. Like try to make it what you want to do. It doesn't have to be an hour. You only have 20 minutes because you're, you know, maybe you're a new mother or a new father and you have these kids at home. Like, you know, fine, don't go for an hour. Go for 10 minutes. Don't go to the gym. Go do push-ups in the garage. I mean, there's ways yeah. to make this work for you. And so I don't want people to think, oh, well, you know, you're, you know, it's like you don't understand because you don't have the situation. So it's not about the situation. It's about what you're going to do to try and solve the situation. Yeah. And that's the key I want people to take mm -hmm. away. It does not have to be an hour at a gym where you have to spend right. two hours traveling 10 minutes mm -hmm. each way to get there. Plus, it doesn't have to be that. It can be 20 minutes in your garage or while your kid's playing doing push-ups every yeah. two minutes just in a break. Like, there's things you can do uh, in order to achieve success in, in almost any realm. So I, wanna, I did want to make that point because I think people fire back at me a lot. It's like, well, you don't understand. I got... I got sports for all these kids. I got to cook dinner. I got to do this. It's like, I get it, but your goal is not going to achieve itself. And so we have to find a solution. Mm -hmm. And just because the solution isn't a mainstream solution doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. Right. Uh, I think the, num the statistic is basically if you were to add 20 minutes of brisk walk, like intent brisk walking to your day, 20 minutes every day, which is like less than 1% of your day, uh, you are, uh, your percentage chances of any sort of long-term chronic disease decreases by 40%. Like it's, it's some crazy number. I mean, it's crazy how much walking itself just helps. And so just little moving. things like that go a long way. Yeah. Well, and we've stopped moving, right? We've stopped yeah. moving. We, we sit at our computer, even if we're standing, I stand now, um, but even if we're standing, you know, I even put a rebounder under, you know, that I'll sit on stand on my rebounder um, and try What's to- It's a rebounder? Oh, it's the little, the small little trampolines. Oh, yeah. you're re you, you're, yeah. oh my God, that's like that's like ten years ago. I remember that was like ten years ago. Yeah, that was like the oh my God. No, they're still great. I mean, they're amazing because what if you sit on a re if you get a I mean, they're not expensive. I think it was forty bucks or something. Um, but you rebound ten minutes a day. It's one of those things because of the it's the bouncing effect on the body, right? It lowers blood pressure. It can lower you know glucose levels. It it, it it's it's a it helps with mindset. It it's it's, it is really this really short, amazing thing that you can do that is so helpful for the body. It's amazing. So anybody who's out there, it's 10 minutes. I mean, do more if you want, but 10 minutes a day on a rebounder will get you going to where then, okay, I want to do more, or now I want to go for a walk, or now maybe I want to go to the gym, or I want to go to the garage and do you know, the sit-ups and the pull-ups or whatever it is that we can do. And I want to go back real quick to willpower because I think that's a really important one to hit on because we have we I think we we oftentimes will blame ourselves when we don't have the willpower and so I see this in um, in practice when people get really frustrated with um, well I don't have the willpower to not eat this or I don't have the willpower to not do that or whatever the case may be and what I have to do is, is help them take a step back, look at the situation, because especially when it comes to food and trying to understand your body, um, willpower, willpower is tricky because it's so often it's not willpower. So often it's, it's, it's imbalances with hormones, hormones are communicators, it's imbalances with hormones that are throwing you off and making you feel like you are craving something, right? So we have our, our satiety and our hunger hormones. Sometimes those can be out of whack. We can also have specific infections 
that make us crave more. And so we that's why we test. That's why we look at labs. That's why we understand on paper what the body's trying to tell us because these things that are going on in the body that we just think is just willpower and, and, and I, I can't do it, we have we got to stop blaming ourselves. Yes, we have to take control. Yes, it is up to us. It's up to us to find answers. It's up to us to seek out the people who know how to best help us when we don't know. That's why I seek out a bookkeeper and an accountant because I hate numbers and I don't want it. I don't have anything to do with it, but I want it to be taken care of. I'm going to seek out people um, who need to help me. I mean, I, I have coaches, right? So I need my own mindset help. Um, I know that there are things that I need to work on, and so I seek out the people who can help me when it's not my expertise. And so finding somebody, if you're constantly having cravings, if you're not able to move forward into, into you know, creating these goals, find somebody like Scott who has the ability to help you take those little baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Take the baby steps, and yeah, and me or any other you know practitioner out there who knows that sometimes we you just got to get out of your own head, um, and you got to understand more about the the physical, the mental, and the emotional in order to to get through these. What I had another uh, a, a clinician who was on with me at one point, and to her I loved her her the way she sort of painted the picture that you're on one side of the river, you gotta get to the other side of the river. The river can be really freaking rough. And so you're gonna go walk through the river and you may fall down and you're gonna get back up and it's gonna be really hard and you do all the things. And I, I, I see this because my husband's a fly fisherman so we're always in the river. Um, but you get to the other side and you're like, holy shit, I made it. Here we are, okay, we're good to go. And there's gonna be another river at some point. But um, point, I, I think I don't mean to just, you know, you know, sit on a soapbox, but I, it, it bothers me when people are constantly blaming themselves. I want people to take accountability. We are responsible for ourselves and nobody else. I don't want anybody else to be to, and I say this because I hate, you know, I, I don't want the government responsible for me. I take care of me, right? Um, and then you take care of you and that's, that's, how, that's how we go. But it is about accountability but also understanding and learning, right? And stop blaming yourself. So I'll stop, sorry. <laughs> no, but you, you said something so, I think, so profound in that, and it's, I, wanna, I wanna hit on that a little bit yeah. because this is such an interesting topic that you really, I mean, I don't think you're gonna hear this anywhere else, okay? Like, this is a really cool topic. Is, there's so, so there's, I, I'm gonna say one thing to get to the point, because I mm -hmm. have to kind of get to the journey, get, get across the river here in my explanation. Yeah. Is most people jump into something uh, because it's, it's shiny, it's cool, mm -hmm. their friend did it, it's so easy, all this stuff. Uninformed optimism. Mm -hmm. I stole this from someone named Alex Hermosi, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh -huh. big yeah. Alex Hermosi fan. Uh, un uninformed optimism, because we're so excited, oh my gosh, that new look at a picture diet, you know, insert diet here, works for everyone, I can lose 50 pounds without even trying in two weeks, oh my gosh, I'm gonna do it, right? So uninformed true. optimism. Yeah. Then you start doing it. And you're like, wait a second, I have to buy this, 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 I have to do this, I can't, I, 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 you know, I all these protocols, right? And I'm not saying any diet is good or bad. What I'm saying is we don't realize what it takes to actually succeed with the diets. We, we look at the marketing online, how to lose 40 pounds in one month guaranteed. Oh my gosh, let's go do that, even though it's not realistic. Yeah. So then we have, we have uninformed optimism, and it turns into informed pessimism. Yeah. Now we know about it. And we're like, this sucks because it's not what I thought it was going to be. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm no longer motivated. I haven't, you know, it just it doesn't work. And you start the cycle over. What you just mentioned is this almost like a, not to get nerdy here, but like. Get nerdy. Uh, I love it. A mul almost like a multiverse. Like it's the par it's the parallel to uh, informed uh, pessimism. It's uninformed pessimism. Mm -hmm. So that's what, and that's like even more dangerous because you don't even understand why you're pessimistic. At least when you're informed and pessimistic, you understand, this is not what I wanted to do, this is not what I thought it was, mm -hmm. this sucks. Now it's, I'm lazy, I don't have the willpower, I don't have all this. Mm -hmm. You're actually uninformed as to why you're feeling this way. You don't, what we don't realize, and this is, and this is still hard for me, it's hard for a lot of people, uh, and I, can't imagine anyone has easy with this is we don't it, it, eating food is actually very not tangible to us 
because we don't see what's actually in the food. We don't see all the pesticides in our salad. We don't see what's being grown with. We don't see the hormones interacting in our body and how things react. Uh, the best example I can give you is that let's say you were to have fast food for lunch, fries, a burger, whatever it might be, high sugar, really crappy, not, you know, it's not real food. What happens 20 minutes after you eat the food, right? You have this sugar high and then you have the crash, mm -hmm. all right? That's the best example I can give everyone here of food impacts your body and how do you feel during that crash? You feel lethargic, you feel tired, you're gonna feel lazy, you're, you're, you're not gonna have any willpower to do anything. Is that your fault or is it something else that's causing it? And so when you say to yourself that, oh, I don't have the willpower to work out, or I don't have this, it's not, and it's not necessarily you. You are ascribing a negative belief to yourself that you don't actually know to be true or not, and most likely isn't true, uh, when you haven't actually, you don't have the knowledge base or education, and do no fault to your own, okay, because mm -hmm. it's, very, it's very difficult, yeah. um, to understand actually, Part of the reason I have no energy today is because I ate this, this, and this, and this created this hormone imbalance in me, which caused me to feel this way. We can't see that, and, I'm not, and, and, and you'll probably never learn how to see that, and that's and that's fair. Labs. So what I, I will, well, you, you could, yes, you can. It's very difficult. It's very, it's very difficult, yes. But let's say you know you don't go that route. What you can identify is okay. The number one, the better I eat overall, the more healthy whole foods, the better I'm going to feel. But the second thing is instead of ascribing a negative, I don't have the willpower, or I'm not good enough, or something along those lines where it's a negative belief to yourself, instead of doing that, you know, you can add a couple things to it. Number one, say, I don't have the willpower yet. You can add that to it, right? Because then yeah. it means you're working towards it. Yeah. So if you say, I don't have the willpower, that means, well, hey, nothing I can do about it, not my fault, I can't change. If you say yet, then it means you, you can work on that, because you can. If you can stop ascribing specific negative um, beliefs about yourself without actually knowing if it's true or not, I think that's actually very powerful. Now, it sounds a little woo-woo, I get it, because it's like positivity, and if I talk good about myself, I'll, everything will come true. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that when you say something, you are your, your brain hears you, like your body hears you, and it will react in certain ways. If you say to yourself out loud, I, I only see red cars, I only see red cars, I only see red cars, you're gonna start noticing red cars and if I ask you hey how many green cars are near you you're gonna have no idea because you're focused on red cars because you keep talking about it you keep thinking about it so if you keep thinking how bad you are how negative you are how crappy you are how how unworthy you are you're going to start acting in a way that supports that and even if you're not even, even if you're not even aware you're doing it you're gonna start acting in that way and it's gonna manifest and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and so that's what I call uninformed pessimism which is the worst thing because it's like you don't even know why it's happening yet you're just describing that you're a crappy person to it or an un, or a lazy person to it for no actual reason other than you don't know better than not to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on because that's a very dangerous thing and that's hard to break and that's why so many people are in this cycle of like oh I, I don't have that I can't do that I'm not like you it's like I'm nothing special, and yet I've been doing this for 10 years, and I've been, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, no one is special. They just have trained themselves to do it, and you can too. It's true. It's true. And, and again, I think it's sometimes it's, it's looking outside your own box a little bit. You know, how, you know, understanding the why behind it. I mean, that's what I do in practice on a, you know, biochemical level is I want to understand the why. I want to understand why there's pain, why there's fatigue, why whatever the case may be. But if you find that you're in this, this cycle of negativity on all of these levels that we're discussing, it's time, it, I think it's, a, it's, about, it's, it's, it's about awareness. You know, sometimes we're just not aware of it. And what I hope from shows like this is that you start, it's these little tiny little, you know, uh, light bulbs, right? It's that sparks. Like, what if, I am the I'm creating this this constant negativity because I'm always talking negatively about myself and I always think about I said said this several times and I can't help but to say it again my sweet mom um, she her whole life was always talking negatively about herself and it broke my heart and I realized though without even knowing when I, I finally became aware that I did the same thing 
and sometimes I still do, still do, and my husband will, will, will hit me on it because we, we talk about this, this stuff, and we talked about, you know, the way that she would do that to herself. It, it broke my heart, and I finally became aware of myself, but then aware of her, I mean, her first, and then myself. And I would tell her, you have to stop this. You have to stop this constant negativity and talking bad about yourself because, like you said, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, and so it's, it, it is, I mean, life. Life is about learning. Life is about, you know, uh, educating ourselves and ed educating others and, and all of these things. So if we, it, just having that trigger that sparks that light bulb, I don't know if that even makes any sense. I hope it does. But whatever it is, to start to understand that you can turn it around. I have to work on it all the time. Not as much as I used to, though. Right. It, it, I, you know, when I start to see, when I, when I get to that place, I will actually now realize it and back it up and say, no, I'm whatever, you know, and then I'll just move forward with my day. So it really is a realization and an awareness, um, that, that we have to, it's a self-awareness, right? hundred percent. I think yeah. creating self-awareness, and I think awareness was the, the, the best way to kind of talk about uninformed pessimism. I think that's a, that was the word I was missing. Uh, so I appreciate that. That was, that was really good. Of course. Uh, I think, so I like to give people some hope when it comes to like creating awareness. So I, mean, I was someone who I came out of college, remember, you know, fraternity brother, uh, you know, just, you know, not, not a jock jock, but like sports guy, you know, like meditation was woo woo, yoga doesn't matter, all this, right? I, I was yeah. in that mindset and mm -hmm. I have eventually switched over to, okay, there's something here and it's valuable. So uh, to create awareness, so I used to get like really, I, I, I'm not sure if anyone else has like an internal monologue that's just like constantly playing in their head oh. or it's just me if I'm, if I'm the crazy one. But <laughs> um, it's, I'm always like, I'll randomly create a fight in my head of like something I'm mad about and I'll just like, I'll go through the whole fight for some reason. And now that I've practiced more self-awareness, and I'll explain two things I've done that maybe people can take with them, yeah. uh, I'm able to, to see it like, almost like be like, wait a second, why am I worrying about this? Stop. Like, enough, mm -hmm. move on. Yes. This, is, like, this is never going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're just making yourself angry. This conversation has literally never took place. You're just mad about something. Like, move on. And I'm able to do that more often yep. now because of two things. One is I did start meditating. Now, I, it's hard. I don't, say, I don't think meditation is easy. I think that... Um, it, it takes a bit. I started with five minutes. I think I started with three minutes, but like <laughs> I quickly got to five minutes and I did YouTube meditation videos. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't watch it, but I just have it on next to my yep. ear. And like five minutes a day, didn't matter morning, afternoon, night. Usually I think I did before bed just to calm down. Mm -hmm. I would do five minute meditations. Eventually, I would do 10 minutes on YouTube and then 15 minutes on YouTube. Okay, then tw and I had someone. Then eventually from there, I went to self meditation yep. where I would do my own meditation where it's just like a self-reflection of the day okay how did I feel today what was going on where did I uh, fall short where did I succeed and I would just go through I didn't care how long it took me mm -hmm. usually about 15 minutes or so 20 minutes and then I would start I would be able to reflect over and over again and then I would be able to take that into a non-meditated state throughout my day to get oh I'm more aware now oh I oh this is why this is happening oh I feel this way I should do this and so I started to kind of take on those things to help myself feel better. And now I have a much greater awareness of what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and so on and so forth. Now, am I perfect? No, 100%. I mean, people do this for 50 years, and they're not, they're not perfect at it. And so I've only done it for a couple of years. And, um, but I do think it's a powerful tool to use because the more you can become self-aware and the more you can self-reflect on whatever issues that you might have with your life, the more likely you are to break down whatever barriers in your way. And if you can break down the barrier to its smallest parts, then you're able to start uh, pushing past it, getting past those issues so that you can start seeing success. And I talk about this all the time as you break the, these barriers in your head. Imagine you're in a room and it, a, a tornado is just whooshing every, whatever's in your room right now. I got pens, markers, I got a table, I got garbage, like just, it's, it's whooshing around your face, okay? That's what an obstacle is. You can't catch it, it's going crazy, you're trying to dodge, it's impossible. But when you self-reflect, the entire room becomes still, and then you can kind of pick things out of the air and organize them mentally, 
and that way things become more calm. And that's kind of the best example I can give. I love that meditation so much. versus not meditation. Yeah. <laughs> I've not heard it put that way, and it makes perfect sense because we that's what it feels like. And yeah, so thank you for that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying. Hopefully, they, hopefully someone will like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I like it because <laughs> I think I feel like that all the time. Um, there's this. There's this. Um, this kind of goes with along with what we're saying about the negativity. And I hear all the time, whether it's friends or family or clients or whatever, is I can't meditate. My mind doesn't get, my mind doesn't, it doesn't, it can never get still. And it frustrates me. I mean, I understand it because I've said the same thing early on, but because- Early on. Early on, yeah. yeah. Because my mind still doesn't go still, right? No. The stuff is still there no matter what, right? It's not like our mind is, and, and there's also this thought that, you know, if our, if our mind goes blank, then evil can come in. I'm like, to me, that's just silly. I've heard this, you know. Anyway. I've never heard that. Yeah. That's I, interesting. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never, it's interesting. I've never heard that. Uh, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I've heard it with meditation. I've heard it with yoga. Don't empty your mind because then you leave space for evil. I'm like, it just makes no sense. For one, it's, I think it's impossible. It's impossible for us to truly empty our mind. Even if we're in a true deep state of meditation, um, the mind is still working. The mind is still going, right? That's when we start to have clarity and bring in, you know, it's when we start to, I mean, for me, if it's, it's you know, when I start to listen, right? Uh, I, this is one of my favorite things. A friend of mine, he was actually uh, one of the hosts on, on uh, at, this, at this station. He said that um, prayer is talking to God and meditation is allowing God to talk to you. And I love that so much, and I've heard it, you know, a number of times since then. But it gives you that time of being still, and the time of being calm allows you to listen to what might be coming in. So some people might call it a download. That's fine. Call it what you want. Um, I like to, to, you know, for me, it's God, you know, giving me information. It's talking to me. It's, you know, however you want to put it. But that being still... If we go to the biochemical level, right, it takes us, even if your mind's still going, right? So I don't want anybody to ever think that your mind's not gonna go. But it takes us to this place where it allows our body to be still and move into the parasympathetic state, which is the rest, the digest, the calm, the nervous system is, is working properly, our GI function is gonna work properly, we're gonna you know, break down and utilize our food because we have blood at the core and it's doing its job. When we're constantly in the state of, of you know, our, it's our, our, our nervous system is in this sympathetic, it's in this, you know, this stress, this go, 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 our, our, you know, the blood, so much of the blood goes to the extremities because it feels like we've got to do something, we've got to keep moving, we've got to do something important, whatever that important thing is. And so we don't then, we, it's, it, we don't then break down our food. Our body doesn't stay calm. It's always going. And so, you know, this elevated cortisol level is catabolic then. So we break down muscle tissue. So it's all of these things that happen when we stay in this constant state of stress when all we have to do, is just like you said, it's what I tell my clients, sit still for five minutes. It might be in the shower. If you got to get away from your kids, sit still in the shower for five minutes. You know, I've had people do that. Like, it's the only time I can do it. I lock the door and I sit still. Um, and, you know, whatever it takes for me, especially when it's warm, it's not now, I go sit in the sun. You know, that's to me, that's God's hugs, right? So it's this warmth. It's this amazing thing that makes me sit still and calms my nervous system. So finding what it is for you that makes you happy and makes you calm and makes you sit, you know, whatever that is, is... It's a game changer. It truly is. I think uh, one of the things I wanted to kind of hit back on was yeah, just big perceptual awareness change is do not think, again, I'm not a meditation expert, so I mean, oh, let, let them yell at me for later. But <laughs> yeah, like my mind is never calm. I will think about what I want to think about intentionally for like 30 seconds and then like have three minutes of BS. Yeah. And then, yeah. Back, oh, 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 what am I talking about? Get back, get back to center, get back to center. Yep. 30 seconds. Three minutes of something. <laughs> like, I, I still, you go through that, but it's that thirty seconds that mm-hmm. I didn't have before. Then I can slowly build. So yeah. don't think that you're going to go into this and 
be calm and be monk-like and be like, okay, this is perfect. I'm, I'm going to clear up. No, I, I literally, I thought about so many fake fights in my head or current fights that I'm in or issues at work or that. And like that happens during that phase and that's okay. That's totally fine. As you do it over and over and over and over again, you do get better at it. And eventually maybe you get to the point where the majority of the time is you know spent in what you want to be doing. That's the first thing yeah. is that don't go into it. That's a wrong perception. And then if you have that perception, you're, you're not going to succeed because then you're thinking about it the wrong way. So just... When you go into meditation, I do believe that you're going to be wound up, you're doing these things, mm -hmm. uh, but it is valuable to do nonetheless. Yes. And then the second part of that is, I don't have time to get into it, uh, nor am I an expert in this field, but um, you can, people can look up or talk about when you meditate in a certain way and you get good enough, you start to enter different brain waves. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about alpha, beta, and theta brain waves, yeah. and, that's, and there's actually a science behind meditating in a certain brainwave yeah. area when, when you can get to a deep enough relaxation part of it that you can start actually getting a sense of clarity in your life uh start to help manifest things physically and it's not it's it's all about kind of what brainwave you're in and how you're able to meditate to get there so i think those are really interesting concepts because mm -hmm. as you create that self-awareness as you kind of feel good about what you're doing you enter different brainwaves and that can connect you with whatever source you believe in, mm -hmm. uh, and you can really feel good about that. Right, I totally agree. And what's so much fun about, I, I don't usually use the word science anymore, I think science has, has been taken over, but, <laughs> but about saying what you're saying, so there, there's data behind this. So we've gone from, from what you know so often we thought was the woo-woo about all of these things, whereas, you know, I mean, meditation is biblical, so definitely not woo-woo, but, there still is that you know you know the 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 manifesting and the um and, and the brain waves and, and what these things can do for a body and what you know, anyway I'm not speaking well but point to all of that is we've taken the woo woo and we've got hard data behind it we've got hard data to suggest that if yeah. you meditate in a theta state yeah. that there is pretty strong evidence to suggest that you can manifest certain thoughts. Or at least that will they will manifest actions in a specific way for you. Right. Um, you know, I can list a couple of doctors that do this kind of stuff, but there is evidence out there. It's not just this random thing that some person thought of one time. There is some stuff behind it. So if you're someone like me who is totally not into it at all, like this is the stupidest thing, I have started to become more aware of like yeah. what's out there. I'm like, wow, this actually is a very interesting concept, and there's there's at least a handful of studies to back it up. Yeah, I think there's more than a handful. I think that there's... Uh, there's it's pretty well established, good, in my opinion. Good data behind it, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, and so this has been really fun. Thank you so much. I want to make sure that if there's anything else that you want to hit on that you do, but you also tell people where to find you. I'm everywhere. No, yeah. I, So, uh, <laughs> on Instagram, is probably one of my most active places. It's just scottfriedman24. I use my personal as my... My brand as well. YouTube, uh, I do short, you know, form videos, things like that. The power of progress, and then the podcast. Uh, you know, podcast is kind of the main way to reach me or the main way to listen. So, the power of progress, mindset, motion, momentum. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Uh, if you want to reach me, feel free. I, I try to answer all my DMs. I try to answer any things from the website ScottSpeaksFitness.com. Uh, so I, I try to be as um, uh, open to conversations as I possibly can be. But yeah, those are, I think, the, the main ways to find me, the podcast, awesome. YouTube, and uh, Instagram. Perfect. Well, I'm grateful that you joined us. This was a really good conversation. Um, I hope that uh, if anybody has any thoughts or questions, you can certainly reach out to either one of us. Um, you can find me at tastelifenutrition.com is the website, then Taste Life Nutrition everywhere. Kind of like what you said, it's sort of everywhere, right? <laughs> um, the show is Taste Life Nutrition radio and podcast, where we stream live on KUHSDenver.com, which is where we are right now. But then we are the Taste Life Nutrition podcast. That'll be out uh, next week. And then... Uh, you know, YouTube, all the places. You can always find replays of the shows, any of your favorite shows anywhere. And if you want to share them with people you love, that would be awesome too. So uh, one last thing I want to make sure I put out there because I can't not talk about it is Soulful Conception. Soulful Conception is purposeful living for a healthy body, a healthy pregnancy, and a healthy baby. Um, I put this together out of what I see as a need. Uh, I had you know, women and couples coming to me regularly who were wanting to get pregnant, but were suffering with, go figure, GI dysfunction, autoimmune conditions, you know, other symptoms and signs and things maybe that they didn't know why behind it. 
And so it is really taking the time to prepare the body for pregnancy, taking, taking time to eliminate or reduce symptoms. This is about optimizing your epigenome. And when I say that, it's about, it's about creating health for today. It's about creating health for your child through the choices that you make prior to conception. It's about creating health for hundreds of years ahead because your choices today, our choices today, for those of us who are um, looking to grow and expand families, our choices now make a difference for hundreds of years. Literally, there's, and this is not woo-woo either, there's hard data behind this as well. So um, this is, it's, uh, it, you know, comes from the heart and I'm excited about it. So if you have any questions, if you're thinking about uh, expanding your family, growing your family, um, all of those things, whether you just need to optimize or whether you're really dealing with some junk that you want to address, you know, let's talk about it. Um, I have on the website, it's a free analysis for whether it's preconception or whether you're just dealing with junk, you know, uh, fill it out. I'll reach out to you personally. We'll talk about it, see if I can help or see if I know somebody who can, right? So I, my goal is always to be a resource. Um, I'm here to serve and to do what I can for anybody who I come in contact with. So um, that's what I got. It looks like uh, the next three weeks, which has never happened before, um, I will not be here. I'm not absolutely sure about that, but um, I, we've got you know the, the Christmas coming up and uh, some potentially some travel plans. So either way, the show will be here. We'll have a replay. But um, anyway, if I don't see you, which I probably won't see you next week, but I hope that you all have an amazing Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Scott, to you. And um, yeah, have fun. It's going to be 2024. And let's just all you know, just re dig deep for an amazing year to come. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next year. Bye. Thanks, Scott. Feel free to hang on with me just a second.